0: We always say, you know, we're overshare- we're overshare- why can't I say it? (laughs) We always say that we're overshare- Do you always say
1: that because it sounds like you can't say
0: it? Hi, I'm Rose and this is my wife Rosie. Hi, we're expecting our first baby in the summer of 21. Rosie's carrying the baby. I am. And I'm carrying the weight of her mood swings. Hey! So if you're new, make sure you catch up with the last season to hear all about how we got here
2: and tune in every week to hear us gradually get more and more terrified of giving birth to a whole new
0: responsibility. Good luck us. To so join in the conversation, use the hashtag Rose and Rosie PG. You're listening to Rose and Rosie Parental Guidance, a Spotify original podcast. Hi, welcome back. That was so enthusiastic, wasn't it? I yeah, think I'm I on a high. I'm on a high since Valentine's Day. Oh, really? Yeah, I oh, tell, tell, tell them about it. Well, as you probably know if you follow our YouTube channel. I've had some serious fails when it comes to Valentine's Day gifts mm. for Rosie. I actually find you really difficult to surprise.
2: I don't know why. You're not, you don't find me difficult to surprise. You just get yourself in a panic, but uh, you're yeah, actually but a wonderful gift giver and a wonderful, wonderful wife. What day
0: to day? Yeah. Well, the thing is, I used to I used to take such like a time in planning like big surprises for you. Mm. And I think since I've been with you, and I'm not making excuses, I swear, but because we're, we're, we're together all the time. No, it is hard. It, it's, sometimes it's really difficult to actually surprise you, but yeah. this Valentine's Day you managed to surprise me and now I feel guilty. <laughs> no, don't feel
2: guilty. That's not the point of a surprise. It's well... not to leave you feeling guilty. It's not. Uh, <laughs> relationships aren't scorekeeping and the point really wasn't. Mentally,
0: me. I know, but uh, you did you went above and beyond. So this year, Rosie got me a really cute hamper from Devon with fresh Devonshire what, what would you call it? Uh, Produce. It was like an afternoon
2: tea, so it's, it's like the so scones cute. and jam
0: and clotted cream. But not only that, Rosie organised a Zoom magic show mm-hmm. on the day of Valentine's Day, which was actually really, really it good. Really, really good, it was better than I was expecting. So I'm on like a real loved up high at the moment because that really kind of broke up the pandemic life with something new, which was. It was lovely Rosie, so thank you. And I'm also on a high because this week was it this week? Yeah, I felt the baby kick for the first time. Yes, and
2: it's so funny, right? Because Layla, our producer, sent us a present, which was baby's first book. Right? Oh, it's so, so cute. So we've said that Rose has been obsessed with buying baby clothes, but I've only wanted to buy books and mm-hmm. read it to bump, right? Mm-hmm. And Layla bought her a book. It's called All Our Welcome, and it's about a school, and all these different children are there. Yeah, um, and it's really from inclusive. all different backgrounds. Yeah, there's walks like disabled of life. children, um, different like white children, black children. Brown Around children you know all different children and they've got different religions there's different flags at the school it's so cute it's there's an lgbt flag but then there's like a canadian flag there's like everything everything and um rose read it to bump and rose felt the baby kick for the first time it, not only she, did it kick it went crazy it went hearing mad. your voice yeah you got your face really close to bump, <laughs> and you kept saying, So the book keeps saying, all are welcome here. And Rose yeah. kept saying, All are welcome here, kissing the bump. And then you just felt this massive Aww, kiss. Which is great, exciting so feeling. It. Cry. it was amazing. It was amazing. So then I went crazy buying the uh, buying baby, loads of books. And I want to say, so I've had this, so I wrote a list on my phone. Of um, childhood books that I loved and adored. Not all for babies. You know, all different kind of age ranges. That I was like, I want to share with our baby. Yeah. And uh, Retrograde meant that that list, of course, was deleted from my phone. It was gone. Yes, gone. But I remembered this one book that I was obsessed with. And it was about an artist who painted a cat. And and he would paint the cat differently. It was kind of like intersectionality, because he'd paint the cat differently and then it would live a different life. So one time he painted the cat rich, right. and it was like really fat and had loads of good food and had a lovely old lady looking after it, but one time he painted the cat really thin and he was really weak and he fell down a drain, right? What and he was all, and Yeah, and so we yeah. had different lives depending on how the artist painted And one time he painted in blue. So um, I was obsessed with this book, but I couldn't find the book. And I was like, I I asked Twitter. I was online. I was typing in artist cat and nothing was coming up. Twitter, the source of all knowledge. Yeah, and someone found it immediately. And it turns out this book uh, is no longer printed. And it's like a a collectible item now. It's quite expensive. And you can no longer get... Well, you can get hold of it, but it has to be an old edition, right? Yeah,
0: so Rosie spent our child's college fund on this book. I (laughs) I
2: spent a lot of money on this book. But then Rose pointed out that our dog... Choose our post. Right. So I've got to be really careful because I bought the last book that I could find available on the web. (laughs) So... Today, we're going to be talking to the comedian, Susie Ruffles. One of my faves. Yeah, love her and uh, met her on a rooftop in New York. Oh, love it, didn't we? <laughs> um, we're going to be talking to her about adoption. Mm. Now, I know we've spoken to Isma a bit about adoption, but it's a very different story because Isma was a, is a biological parent and adopted a long time ago. She's like a certified parent, right? But Susie is kind of paralleling mine and Rose's experience because. Susie is attempting to adopt. She's Going through the adoption process right now in the pandemic, and that could have been us because right. we looked into adopting. I remember walking around in the pandemic, going, "Should we adopt? Should yeah. we not?"
0: We and we re- haven't written off. Either. No, we've
2: not ruled out. This, you know, we could always adopt in the future. Yeah.
0: I'm really excited to speak to Susie about this. Actually, I have yeah. a lot of questions. because yeah, um, it's in a pandemic. Yeah. she's a
2: celebrity mm-hmm. and, and she's on her journey like we are, and she and she's also going to be, if she is able to adopt, a first-time parent like yeah. us. Is it? What's it like?
0: This literally could have been us, and could. Potentially still be us. Mm. It could be our story. So let's talk to
2: Susie.
1: Susie Ruffle. <gasps> yes, that is me. Oh, hi. <laughs> hello. Hi. Uh, first of all,
0: thank you so much for coming on our podcast. It's been a while since we've seen each other. We did, in fact, meet on a rooftop. At NYC World Pride, which yeah. is a fantastic story, isn't it?
1: How have you been since then? Since meeting... I mean, I love that I met... That's where I met you. <laughs> I, 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 when I emailed you, I, like, started it with that. Like, um, hi, we actually met on a rooftop in <laughs> New York. <laughs> I never thought that my life would be that glamorous. So it's quite exciting just to even say that. But yeah, that is where we met. Since then, I mean, so um, living through worldwide pandemic. Yes. Um, that's, I mean, it's been... I mean, it, I can't really complain too much because you know I've I've got a nice flat. I live with my partner. We have a cat. I've got a job that my 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 career has somehow managed to withstand a, a, a pandemic. So fantastic. I mean. I mean, it's all you can yeah. ask
0: for, isn't it? It's all, it's you, all you can, can ask, ask for. <laughs> you know that you're
1: doing okay if like, you're like, and if there was a worldwide pandemic, I think I'd just about scrape through. Right, so, exactly,
0: love it, love it. And um, so talk to me all about your journey to parenthood. I mean, as, as you know, Rosie and I are expecting our first baby. It's very exciting, very, very scary. Exciting. Um, And we've had a bit of a journey ourselves. It's been up, it's been down, it's been side to side. Uh, There have been real highs, real lows. It's been Mm -hmm. very emotional, Mm -hmm. as I'm sure it is for a lot of people. But um, talk to us a little bit about your story.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, So first of all, congratulations. It's very exciting that you're uh, having a baby. Can I ask first, actually, were you wondering how much of it to share? Because obviously you girls share. Because with being a stand-up, I can really share as much as I like. I do it. In the moment, I if I'm putting stuff on TV, I know exactly what bits of material I'm going to use. Whereas you two just chat, and I'm not (laughs) saying you just chat because what you do is absolutely brilliant. I actually remember around eight years ago, someone saying to me, "You should start a YouTube channel," and I went, "That's not going to take off." So as as you You should start a
0: YouTube channel, (laughs)
1: my fingers are very much on the pulse when it comes to. so, what's going on uh, with regards to the World Wide Web. But, um, but, but yeah, did you, before we get to me, I'm intrigued to how much, how much did, did you have a conversation about how much you would share or was it just a given that you'd share everything?
0: do you know what's um, crazy it keeps changing yeah it i mean keeps we changing. we always say you know we're overshare we're overshare. why well,
1: can't i <laughs> say it we always say that we're oversharing do you always say that because it sounds like you can't say it
0: <laughs> <laughs> i've said it too much it Never doesn't work anymore it, yeah. um but it's really weird because we always imagined documenting our journey because we always have and we've always done it with the intention of just being visible really we, we 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 didn't really think oh you know we'll have a baby and then we'll just put everything out there and we'll just rinse it for all it's worth i mean we think that now obviously but um, we no.
2: never try and be like <laughs> activists. We just try and shout about things. But we try and um, just live our lives. Yeah. And I think that's a really nice way for anyone who who uh, is in a queer relationship to to stumble upon it and see, oh, okay, they're just living their lives and this is how they go about things. Right. And rather than like,
0: I don't know. do But you know what I mean? but but the conversation is changing lately because we're suddenly becoming a little bit protective over this child. And, it, and it's something mm. that I thought might happen. But we we are having this conversation of, oh, how much do we share? How much will we be comfortable with? And it's, it's all very well saying, you know, when the baby's born, I want to, you know, show off this and show off that. But actually, I don't really know how I'm going to feel in that moment when I'm holding that child for the first time. I might be like, do you know what? I've had a complete change yeah. of heart. I don't want I don't want to document anything. I want I just wanna retire. <laughs> yeah. I wanna I wanna sort of nest. I don't wanna put him or her or they anywhere. I just wanna just you, you know, it's it's really weird. It changes every day. But I'm excited to see what happens. But what, what, what do you but think? Back to you. Back to you. you turned around. <laughs> I'm so
1: I'm so used to interviewing people that now I'm just like, I'm, okay, well listen, I've got a story, sure, but let's talk to you. Um, so... Um, so, yeah, I mean, so my partner and I are, have been going through the adoption process, right. which is great. And we've recently been approved, but we're not, uh, we now sort of going into a phase where we're sort of looking for our child. And we Amazing. have, we've got like a charity that we're well, working with. Congratulations, through- first of all. Thanks, I mean That's, yeah. that's huge. It is huge. You know, it's interesting. I've not actually spoken at all to anyone publicly about this, but I'm, wow. but, but, you know, I don't mind popping my cherry with you guys. Uh, you Can I
2: quickly go back in time and say, have you and your partner always wanted to be parents? And did you, you know, h- how long have you guys been together? And have you always been like, yeah, we're going to be a family or is it a new
1: thing tell me tell me about that before you get onto the adoption so we've been together for nearly four years and it came mm-hmm. up really quickly so in the, the previous relationship that I was in I would say that it was certainly one of the factors and I knew that I wanted to become a parent and it's right. really something that you've got to do I mean you've both yeah. got to be up for it haven't you I mean it's, yes. <laughs> you know you have and so I think I mean there were many factors to why that relationship was not good but that was certainly one of the things that I saw my life going in a specific way which was always parenting it was actually something that I really struggled with when I first came out right when I thought you know as as uh or certainly when I realized I was gay which is when I was sort of quite a young teenager going oh god am I does that mean I'm not going to be able to be a mum and it was and it was definitely something that I was sort of aware of and that I was a bit sort of scared by. I would certainly say it was part of the reason that I sort of remained in the closet for about another seven or eight years. Yeah. Because I thought I didn't want to not have, I didn't want to sort of forego parenthood because of being gay. So I think that I've always wanted to be a parent. I've always really loved children. I love my, my friends' kids and sort of cousins and family members and stuff. But I would say with my partner and I, we... Yeah, well, I th- it came up sort of pretty quickly. Right. In our f- sort of, within our first few dates, where I think, wow. you know, you get to an age where you sort of go, I think I'm a little bit older than you girls. I'm 35. And I think you get. Not that much <laughs> You're not older. that much older, so you're I'm really? 33
0: this year. Yeah, Okay, so, fine. So, you know, I'm so much younger than you. but... Um... Yeah, so much younger. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah,
1: What's yeah. it like? Remind me, remind <laughs> me. Um, but I think that it's, um, you know, I think you get to an age where, and I I know people that are older will be listening to this being like, oh, bore off, you're not old. But, (laughs) and I don't think I'm old, but I think you get to an age where you go, if I'm going to settle down with this person, you need to know that this is what I want. I want to be a parent. I want, and I think that for me, adoption was always, I think adoption was always the root. I think that I considered ivf and how that would work and i've got lots of friends that have had really positive experiences with that i've also had friends that have had a lot of very negative experiences with that Mm. and i sort of wondered how that would all affect me i think like i think what you guys have done is amazing i think you've got to be super brave to throw yourself into it and i think it can be i mean it's a fucking roller coaster as i know you guys have documented Sure. you know and i think that it just became uh Alice, my partner, had done some voluntary work with children within the care system Mm. uh, long before we met. And so it had always always been, she'd always been very aware of those children that are out there that are sort of looking for their forever families or are looking for, you know, or need that stability or, you know, and it's the thing is with adoption is it's really sad. Like in an ideal world, adoption just wouldn't exist. Every child would be able to stay with their biological family and their biological family would have the tools to be able to look after them. And the thing that I've learned more than anything through going through this process is that, you know, whoever our child ends up being, I will have sort of a lot of compassion for their family. Like, obviously there's scenarios where you go, well, I, I wouldn't be able to find compassion. But in a lot of scenarios, it's because people maybe haven't been parented correctly themselves and they haven't been yeah. loved in a way that they can then pass it on. So it's, yeah. a lot of adoption is sort of super sad. It's so but, incredibly sad, yeah. Yeah, and that, but then, you know, I think that, Once we started talking quite seriously about having a family, for us, it was sort of the only option. It just sort of seemed really... Yeah, and I think, do you know it's so funny, I, about, oh Jesus, when I first started doing stand-up, so that's like about 12 years ago, I would juggle loads and loads of jobs and work in the day and then go and gig in the night and you gig to like 10 people and you're shit for years, <laughs> <laughs> slowly work out how to get funnier and how to get more you on stage.
0: Less, We're like, still a, trying to work that out. <laughs> fine,
1: fine. I mean, that's bollocks, but yeah, okay. <laughs> Years ago, I was working at a PR firm who offered PR training. And one of my jobs as like the, the sort of the most junior member of staff was that I would have to find charities to offer free PR training to. Right. Wow. And there was one charity who was an adoption charity who and I just read like loads of their stuff and I had to put together like an information pack for how the PR firm was going to give them sort of a um, specific piece of training for them that they gave away for free. They would do some free courses every year. And so I was sort of tasked with putting together this stuff. And I guess adoption had always been in my head to some degree. Yeah. But actually, I remember reading these case studies and it was a really simple story. There was a story about a little girl and um, and she had two dads, which I think sort of tugged at my heartstrings because, you know, queer families and representation and all that stuff. Yeah. And I remember really clearly, she just it said that she was adopted when she was five and before she was adopted when she was in foster care, all she wanted to be able to do was go to dancing and go to gymnastics. Aww. That was all she really wanted to do. And, you know, it was so simple for her that she was like, now I live with my dads, I go to dancing and I go to gymnastics. And and she put a little thing at the end, which absolutely broke my heart, which she said, um, maybe she was like 10 by this point. She said, oh, I didn't realise, but what my dad's tell me is that all the time that we went together, they were looking for me and I was looking for them, but we were looking in the wrong places. And then we found each other. And I think as soon as I read that, I was like, my heart was was in it. Yeah, absolutely. And that was it. And so we sort of began the process last year and it's it's quite a lengthy process, but it's quite interesting actually when you do something like adoption because a lot of people have loads of opinions, right. and I'm sure you've experienced this. Yes. And as, <laughs> um, as you know, and and, and, and as uh, women who have been pregnant, like everyone's got a bloody opinion on how you should do it. Or I know this, or I know that. What are the odds like? Or yes. how how how, how positive? You know what happens with IVF, and how many chances do you get? And what happens with this? And do you pay for it? And it's so fucking annoying how everyone has an opinion. And I spoke on stage in my last show. I said, "Oh, my partner and I are hoping to adopt," and it was sort of a throwaway Mm -hmm. comment but it I I wanted to talk about you know again like you guys it's about representation me standing on stage in front of you know hundreds of people and I get loads of straight people in my audiences which I love right and me going oh by the way families like me exist I'm not going to give you any more than that but I'm just letting you know yeah yeah that's that's I'm just letting you know and I think um and it was mad like some people would wait for me afterwards and wanted to photo and stuff which Mm -hmm. is always lovely it's Mm -hmm. always a pleasure to do stuff like that but it was so interesting that people who I didn't know would say to me, "You know, adoption's really hard, don't oh, you? Oh, I you know, it's really hate hard this. to get approved." And you go, "Oh my god, you, we don't know each other. Yeah, like what, we don't know each what, what other. You can't is, say this yeah, to me. Yeah, this this
2: yeah. is teaching me that it doesn't matter how you parents, whether it's in a, by through adoption, via you know birthing, being the partner of someone who's birthing." Everybody bloody mum shames constantly. Makes, and also, like, as a pregnant woman, so many people have been like, oh, just wait till you get no sleep and, oh, just wait till your house is messy. And then you're saying, by the way, we're looking into adoption. They're going, oh, well, it's really bloody hard. It's like, just, wh- what's wrong with these people?
0: Why why yeah. so
2: negative? So it's every thing, scenario, why they're so like, why, why do they hate the idea that other people might be starting their families? And also, when you're starting the family, be it beginning your journey to adoption or or carrying however you're doing it, Obviously, you're all excited. You're you're dreaming this family into existence. You know, mm. you're, you're talking to your partner about how you're going to raise the child and all your mm. wishes, and then this person comes along. It's really hard. <laughs> Fuck off. Celine, so yeah. how
0: are you coping with it? How do you manage that? How do you, that make you that? feel?
1: I, do, I mean, I don't. I don't really. I mean, I think it's. Uh, I, I'm just super excited. I'm super excited to it sort is. of begin that search for our family. I'm, I'm you know thrilled that we got. Um, approved, you know, and we we were massively supported by the charity that we went through. They were amazing, that's great. That's and great. you know, people say, "Oh, it's really hard," but it. Loads of things are really hard. Anything yes, hey. that's Life's worth hard. it is hard. Also,
0: exactly, it
1: yes. should be hard. Yes, at the end of all of this, hopefully, I will become a mum. You know, a child yes. will come I, and live I, you're in getting our home. A human
2: life in like, your house. Yes, yes, you
1: need to. Shouldn't
2: like, be easy, should it? No,
1: and like it's you know, and they do stuff like they. Interview your exes.
2: Yeah, I know that frightens me. I want to talk about that. Yeah, I want to talk um, about that. But first of all, I just wanted to mention the charity you're partnering with. Did you specifically choose an LGBTQ+ friendly charity? Is that something you thought about?
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, I would say that. I mean, it seems in this country, like, gay men are really, there's gay, loads of gay men are adopting. Right. And we actually made some friends on the course that we did ah. through our charity who are now, like, our friends, and we're all going through this process together, and we're, like... That's
0: lovely. You know, and, and, and
1: like, you know, once we all have children, like, you know, it would be very normal for our kids to go, well, they've got two daddies, I've got two mummies, we're ah, both adopted, sure. that's nice, that's you know, I've got a little community. Um, but, no, we definitely went for a charity that were really... Um, really open to all sorts of adopters. And I would say that what I have found more than anything is that the adoption community is really queer-friendly. Oh, good. And, and I think that's... Um... Yeah, it's really important to say. And if any, you know, people might be listening to this thinking, oh, maybe one day I'll do that. And maybe, you know, I would say that the experience that we've had has been overwhelmingly positive. Oh, that's fantastic. Fantastic. That, like, our social worker's amazing. That's fantastic. And, like, you know, because because you get to know your social worker. It's like, we know her really well. She's really lovely. She gets us, yeah. you know, like, and she will be the person that is sort of quite um, instrumental in the the sort of search for, for the child that is right for yeah, us. Absolutely. Mm. And so, yeah, I would say that it's been overwhelmingly positive and that we felt, Enormously supported, and you know, all you have to do is go on uh, on sort of Instagram, and there's a massive adoption community. Yes, I yes. heard about this because
0: Rosie and I looked into adoption ourselves. I, I've, I've not. We've
1: still not ruled we, out. It no, we be,
0: haven't no. ruled out in any way. And uh, one thing that was very, very obvious is that the community is just
2: so strong. It's all. It's you almost know, something that is a wonderful bonus as part of adopting,
1: and I think it's a community not just for the parents, but also the children who yeah. are adopted. Well, I think that's really important that, yeah, Yeah. that, you know, from people that I spoke to who have children, you know, I think their kids really like having mates that are like yeah, them, absolutely. like all of us. Like, you know, yeah. we like having queer friends. We like having... Totally. Yes. You know, we like having, you know, it's nice going out yeah. with another couple that look like you, that experience. Yes. similar stuff exclusively
2: gay you.
0: friends. Yes, <laughs> absolutely.
2: When absolutely. Um, when you began the adoption process, though, before you'd met your lovely social worker, were you daunted by the fact that... I think Rose and I looked into it and saw that eventually you'd, like, apply, and then there would be, like, a panel of people that kind of judge whether... And they decide, mm. basically. And I... We both hated that idea I understand I understand why obviously the process exists to stop I don't know bad people adopting I totally get it but the idea of strangers who don't know me judging my life um really freaked me out and also was it a factor that you're a celebrity yes what's about
1: that that that, I mean I don't know if I'm a celebrity I'm 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 certainly someone that shows off for mummy we Um, we
0: can relate as we can relate as as are you
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) but um but I would say that, um, so first of all, with the fact that I'm, sort of, I'm someone that sometimes on telly and stuff, I would say that we will be keeping everything very much to, to us, yeah, yeah. you know, because there's, there's loads of child protection stuff alongside that. And, um, and uh, yeah, so, so I won't be sort of sharing anything about our future child at all.
0: Yes, yeah, totally understandable. And then
1: when it comes to, so yes, you go to panel, and that does sound quite scary, but actually, so... The, the panel, um, you, you sort of have a big interview, basically. Right. But it's not, Rosie, like you say, like these people are judging you because basically they get given this report that your social worker has written over all of these dates where they've come to see you. Right. And basically it's like a big folder all about you and they will have read that beforehand. Right. And so okay. by the time you sort of get to panel these people have sort of got a really good understanding. They've read like, I mean, it's like the size of a dissertation. Oh, They've wow. read all this stuff about you. That makes sense. And about who you are. Have you read it? Have you read that? Yeah, 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 we read it. And so we were really happy with it. But, you know, so it actually, you know, the people that do those adoption panels... They're they're all part of the adoption community in one way or another. They might be social workers, they could be ex-social workers, they might be people that have adopted, they might be people that work in the community in some way alongside child protection or alongside children. And all of those people that are there really want great adopters to adopt children that need adopting. Sure, yeah. And so they're you know, their uh, whole energy about it is that they really want you to succeed. Oh, Love that. Lovely. So, Love so that. it's not actually... So it's not like X Factor
2: or these, <laughs> it's a no from me. I would say it's very different to X Factor. If <laughs> I find
0: really? that shocking. Yeah, I that find is that shocking. shocking. Wow. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. So we spoke a bit uh, about this to Isma, a bit about the panel. Who and, I know. Yes. I know.
0: Small world.
1: That's yeah. crazy. <laughs>
0: um,
2: and uh, so we knew a bit about them interviewing your exes and stuff like that. And um, what I... That made me cross as well. I guess I went into this quite cross. Um, Stop being so negative. Because I was like, well, why do they have to interview your exes? Because what if you had, like, an emotionally abusive ex? Or, or a terrible breakup. Yeah, and, and then they and then they try and, you know... they, they Sabotage they your a, character. Yeah, sabotage your character, exactly, and ruin your life.
1: So, first of all, I think the reason they do it is to make sure that there's been no violence. Right, right. okay. And you go, okay, well, that makes sense. Yes, yeah, that right. makes sense. Okay. And then, I mean, I think that if someone was... Tr- Someone was being I think you know it would all be taken into consideration that they are an ex. I have no idea what my ex wrote down so
2: that wasn't in your dissertation then that you read you couldn't no, it wasn't in my dissertation
1: um but I think it must have been they spoke to two exes wow. um one of which was like from eight or nine years ago, and the other one was the the person that I was with before my partner but um and I think they must have said, you know one of them was a particularly bad breakup. I think they must have you know been. You know, I think when it comes to doing something like this, hopefully people would find it within them to be kind. But yeah. what do you think
2: about the fact that they went back 8 9 years because I would you know, I was a different person 8 9 years ago.
1: Is is it a legal requirement? Why do they dig so deep? But I think that was because I think it's any partner that you've lived with. Ah, okay. Okay. Right. So it's like that. So, wow. so it's like that. So it has to be someone that's so you've been quite serious with. So maybe it wasn't as long as eight years maybe it was seven years ago but yeah so they spoke to them and I think it is it's uncomfortable it's awkward Yeah,
0: And also are they obligated to take part in this? are, yeah. are they no no they
1: can just not respond right okay but you just have to sort of be and I think more than anything your willingness right. to share their details is what is they're going actually for. Uh, makes sense is actually showing that you're not scared of something they're going to say. Right. right okay and, and I think that makes a lot of sense so
0: being in the public eye super super famous a list
1: what <laughs> oh my god honestly if I'm not an award ceremony <laughs> I mean I, I don't know what I'm doing I know, right
0: um how is how this application process for you? Has it made it slightly more difficult in some areas? Or has it slowed it down?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I think people that are into comedy know who I am. Sure. And I think some queer people know who I am. I'm sometimes on telly, but always on comedy shows. Right. So I think you've sort of got to be um, in the know with comedy to sort of be aware of me. It's not like I'm someone that does like, you know, I don't host a TV show every week or anything like that. You know, what I do is, it is comedy. So I think... It was certainly something where we were really aware of it and I and they spoke to me about sort of social media and stuff and the, there was a conversation about you know we don't think that it would be appropriate for you to share anything about your child right. you know that the child that you get in the future and, mm. I, and I and I totally agreed yep. but other than that no I can't say that there's been they've just been super supportive and um, so
2: when you told them you're a comedian did they say anything like did they worry about how you make money? Because as a YouTuber, as my profession, uh, things like getting a mortgage, people don't understand.
1: <laughs> but don't you make loads of cash? As so YouTube much. That's- yes, I'm so a billionaire. I feel like. I feel like you're. You know, do you remember in Ducktales when he used to like dive into money?
0: Oh uh, yes, that, that's is, our nightly routine, I, isn't I, it? Yeah, much. Yeah, that might yeah. be a reference. That's too old because Susie's much older than us, so <laughs> I don't know. If so so I, so I, I, true, I don't know if I can relate to that. One, no, I but, can't relate. Either. Uh, Wait,
2: <laughs> not a different generation. But, <laughs> but it's uh,
0: true what Rosie's saying. It's very difficult for us. And also, I think with the adoption process, it might be slightly different for us because we social media is all we do. So if that was a concern yeah. for your adoption, or, or even just a you know a point of discussion, I feel like for us it would be like oh, do you plan to put your you know adopted child on the internet? And of course, we wouldn't if we were adopted. No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. We've yeah. discussed this. Um, but also,
2: like, you've said, they spoke to you about it, and you said, no, I'm not going to share it in my stand-up and stuff. But yeah. do they make you promise? Like, how do they know? <laughs> I'm not saying you're going to, but how do they know?
1: I, I think it's just more about you know, they need to know that the child's best interests are in mind. I actually wondered about doing the podcast because when I spoke to your lovely producer, Layla, about it, I was like, ah, I feel funny about even sharing the fact that I'm adopting in case people are almost too interested, not too interested, that's the wrong word, because why should anyone be interested in my life? No, but they are. No, people are, people do. I
2: get boundaries, I I
1: totally get it. um, But then I spoke to my partner about it and she was like, I think it's a positive thing to put out there to say we're two gay women and we've been really, we've had a really positive experience going through the adoption process. Yeah, no, it's it's super valuable. It's slightly different. Like What I do and what you guys do is different in as much as what I'm always doing is Telling stories that are completely true and from my life, yeah. and then tailored in a way to make them as funny as possible. Right. Whereas you guys like really share. You share everything, but I and, and that's that. I think that's brilliant. I think that if I had been, I think I would have been like at the front row of one of your live events. Oh, and you'd it. if you guys have been around. If you guys have been around when I was if growing we'd up, born, I would have been, so- yeah, if we'd been born. Yeah. If you can imagine being born in the eighties, no, I just can't. I don't. Just- uh, you know it would be awful for you but, um, oh, that's very nice of you but I think that I mean that's the incredible thing isn't it about YouTube that it has sort of for all of the negative stuff that the internet does yeah. and for all of the shit I think that the fact that it has created platforms in where in which people can go oh you're normal if I had someone to tell me I was normal at 14 I wouldn't I mean I wouldn't have got into therapy when I was 20 like right and so right? I think that It's about, it's about, like, there's obviously stuff, I'm sure that your fans hate to hear this, but there's obviously stuff that you don't share. There's yeah. obviously stuff No The
0: sex t- no, Yeah, is, no, the no, sex no, takes,
1: uh, Are not a, They get banned When no, we upload
0: them Exactly, don't? no I actually think we have Shared sex tapes Yeah um, There's no. not a lot We don't share <laughs> That's true though But, but yeah. yeah No, you are right There are some things We, we choose not to share And I yeah. think that's fine It's all about striking a balance And do you know what It's really hard And I'm sure it's hard As a comedian as well Because, you know Some of your gold content Is probably personal to you and Yeah, and children stuff. Are
2: hilarious as well Children are So hilarious. it must be hard Not to
0: share But um, yeah, I just... Uh, it's it's so nice to
2: hear you and so refreshing to say what a positive experience you've had because i think yeah i went into this like people are gonna judge me they're not gonna get that we do social media people don't understand it and i really worried and it's refreshing to hear you about and i think it's just yeah.
1: about always having it's about i think the thing that i've learned more than anything about adoption is it's all everything is just so child-centric yeah, yeah. and that's exactly as it should yeah, be yeah yeah you know whoever this little person is yeah wherever they are who ends up being our child you know my my career isn't going to be nearly as important right as what is right for them so even if it was a bit of absolutely class standard i'd have to trust that i can write another bit yeah and yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: with adoption when you think you found a match Like what I wanna know is when I'm pregnant and I know I've got nine months and I know how many weeks roughly I've got left. And so it's like, you know, I wanna know if they match you with someone and it's all good and you've been approved and you're happy and they're happy. Do you immediately go right? I've got to go get a bedroom for this person and get some toys, and or or, or or is it not that quick,
1: or is it quite quick when when the match is made? Once it's all matched, you sort of do introductions for a right. little while. Wow. So you'll go and spend time with them at their foster carers. Yeah, house. Isma spoke about this. I and remember. You, yeah, yeah, and you'll get to know them a little bit before you bring them home, and then yeah, I guess we'll just go to whatever shops are open <laughs> at the time and buy everything for a child of that yeah, age. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So you're all wow. prepared, Susie. I just want to say thank Thank you so so much for coming on our podcast it's been it's been so eye opening and so positive to hear that you've had such a good experience oh uh, well it's
1: a pleasure chatting to you and and speaking to influencers oh, well, please don't so call
0: us we
1: hate that name. <laughs> i actually feel quite influenced oh, Do Do really? so that's good positively yeah. positively it's very wonderful ring 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 ring
0: Oh, I love Suze. I love Suze. I love Suze. Suze. I feel like we're at that kind of stage where I can
2: just call her Suze. Maybe even S. Listening to Suze actually made me realise that probably I was just really paranoid going in and actually... Like, thinking about this panel of people judging me. And Suze's like, sorry, they want you to... Yeah, they're on your side. They're on your side. side. And I just immediately go in with my guard up, I guess. I don't know why, Rosie. You've (laughs) never been dismissed
0: or disrespected by anyone. (laughs) I know. How dare (laughs) I even
2: do that? But it's funny because... um, also, you know, I totally understand that if we adopted, we'd keep things very, very anonymous yeah. and, and private. That's yeah. fine. But then uh, it's like, what about when people see you in the streets? And then if you're with your child and then they know, yeah. they might know, oh, you've adopted a, a girl or oh, it's yeah. this age or it goes to this school. It scares me that um, there's only so much privacy you can allow yourself because, mm-hmm. you know, when the child goes to school, you will drop it off. How but can you, th-
0: despite all... Despite all those concerns, though, I still would never write it off. I no. wouldn't, because I really like what she said about, um, you know, seeing a viewing a child's profile and like reading, uh, you know, all about that kid. And I just I can totally imagine falling for one of those profiles and just being like, oh yes, you know, that's the that's a perfect match. And I can I can see us doing that i yeah. i really can i can see it I can i'm see always
2: it. jealous of Susie and Susie's partner for being able to so quickly decide that they were both into adoption because i think with us we had so many options yeah um that as as same-sex parents you know do we egg swap does one of us carry do we do ivf or iui do it's half we adopt? the battle isn't it it's half
0: the battle yeah. deciding what path you want to pursue So next week we're gonna be talking about how this pandemic has affected and is still affecting the fertility industry. Because Mm -hmm. I've been reading up a lot lately about Back alley sperm donations, mm-hmm. uh, people doing it privately, couples paying for sperm donors to, you know, they put them up in a hotel, and they're, do-
2: and they're insisting on doing it naturally, right? Yeah, and that.
0: some sperm donors are, in fact, you're quite correct, insisting on doing it naturally and actually having, you know, sexual intercourse, in- intercourse yeah. uh, you know, with a, a prospective parent, and it's, um, it's all getting pretty crazy, and I, I want to talk about it because not only is this journey so <laughs> complicated already, yeah, but to throw in obviously there's delays people aren't being able to go and um you know donate their sperm to clinics uh you know are the clinics, clinics even open? open yeah you know how is it affecting parents how is it affecting people that want to become parents it's really crazy mm-hmm. and we're going to be looking at it closely intensely examining with the microscope
2: <laughs> rose and rosie parental guidance is the spotify original from bbc studios it's produced by Leila Navabi. The executive producers are Rihanna Coleman and James Cater for Spotify and Julie McKenzie for BBC Studios. To never miss an episode, make sure you're following Rose and Rosie Parental Guidance on Spotify and to join in the conversation, use the hashtag RoseAndRosiePG. See you next time.